Here we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on Open Mic Friday, March the 12th in the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And because we're not in the studio, we don't take phone calls, but we do respond to what we said during the week, as well as some emails. What we said yesterday with Wes Reimnitz, I want to kind of talk a little bit about, namely the surge in violence occurring in the United States of America. And this surge began before the virus hit. So people who are blaming the virus on the surge really don't quite understand. In fact, what we did yesterday, remember one of the strangest sayings that Jesus ever gave to his disciples was when he talked to Peter, who was telling him that he was not going to die in Jerusalem. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. And the whole point that we are making is that God builds negative consequences into our sin. In other words, when we sin, negative things kind of occur. In the program before mine, they were talking about the change in time that's going to be occurring, and that has negative consequences. I read some people, it takes a little bit to get used to when they lose an hour. Uh, First of all, they don't get as much sleep that night, and particularly it's going to be interesting for us because we're, we usually leave at four in the morning to get to the congregations we're going to be preaching at. And now we'll be leaving at kind of three in the morning. So we've got to kind of rearrange our schedule so that we're not tired on the way and we get there and are able to preach. The fact of the matter is, is that particularly in the area of change that occurs against God's will, there are many negative consequences. For example, in the article that talked about the rise in the crime rate, it says we must also curb the commission of crime in the first place. Well, what are they doing now? What they're doing, the article says, is we're cutting punishment alone. In other words, when you rob a bank today, you don't get as many years in jail as you were getting years before from the justice system. You know, I was giving some thought to that. Let's say, and I I just saw a YouTube item on this. A man had stolen $400,000 and he went to prison for 10 years but they never found the money. And when he got out, guess what? He knew where the money was. And I'm trying to think about this. I say, wow, $400,000 where you don't have to work for 10 years, you're fed all the time. And when you get out just for 10 years, you made yourself $400,000. Is not the world understanding that this kind of system of cutting back on times in prison actually increases robberies, increases violence, etc. In fact, they were talking about that if perpetrators are caught, it will be about 60% 
of the cases that actually get justice, just 60%. But that means that in 2020, 1,500 more people will enter prison, each serving about 14 years. And that's the recent estimate of the average time served for murder, just 14 years. And it says that's enough people to occupy a prison bed for nearly 7.7 million days. In one year, it will fill 42 500-bed prisons just from the additional murders in 2020. So they say, well, yes, we are reducing sentences, and that's eliminating those numbers in prison. But if reform efforts aren't going to succeed, guess what? The prison math is almost insurmountable. And then another article we talked about was the amount of violence that women are receiving. In fact, it indicates that one in three women endure physical or sexual violence. One in three. And an intimate partner is the most common perpetrator. Well, that ought not be a surprise. But not only does the government allow individuals to live together apart from marriage, but there's no Jesus in the center of those marriage. One in four adolescent girls, 15 and 19, it says, who have had a relationship have been subjected to either physical or sexual violence. Now, they don't describe what is meant to have a relationship, but you can pretty well guess it. And these are girls 15 to 19. Is this a surprise that there's going to be physical violence occurring? In fact, one of the worst things police go to are family disputes where there is violence. Now, some states have made new laws. In the old days, if the wife refused to complain to the police, then her physical partner was allowed to go free. But today, some police areas, if they see physical violence, they can arrest the individual. But who cares? He only gets a few years in jail if even that happens. And the one thing that really got me going is they believe that the preaching of the law is going to really help people. They say boys should be taught in school about the need for mutual respect in relationships and mutual consent in sex. Now, can you imagine that having been written 100 years ago, that young boys should be able to have mutual sex, but... It needs to be with consent. Well, I tell you, young people are often naive, and it's pretty easy for a young man to manipulate a woman into that kind of a relationship. And then if she gets pregnant, well, she can have an abortion 
or I'm not going to stay with her. So this is important to understand that these terrible things are happening to women as a result of what? Of sin. In our Lenten series, we're kind of going through the churches in Revelation 2 and 3. And the church, first church, Ephesus, begins with the idea that, I tell you, I have this against you, that you have abandoned your first love. And what does he say? This is chapter 2, verse 5. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. And look how many churches have pastors, male or female, that are no longer preaching the word of God accurately. In a real sense, the lampstand has been removed from those churches. That's why we encourage, if you ever move from your church to say another place, the first thing you do is start visiting the churches to hear what kind of sermons they are, to talk to the pastor about his views on certain issues of morality, because you're going to start hearing that as well as having your children brought up. In fact, what was the consequence of those in the church in Ephesus who did not repent? The one who conquers, that means repent, will not be hurt by the second death. What's the second death? The first death we talked about was the separation of your spirit from the body when you mortally die. But the second death is to be placed into hell forever. And that's a place of death where you will be aware of things but you will be without God. Then at the church of Pergamum, what God has against them is some of them hold to the teaching of Balaam. And he was a character from the Old Testament. And he practiced sexual immorality. Therefore, repent. If not, I will come to you soon and war against you with the sword of my mouth. In other words, God is going to make it clear that what they are doing is inappropriate. This happened not long ago in an ELCA congregation, ELCA. They had a member who was a doctor who did abortions. And one day when they came to church, someone stormed into the church and shot the doctor to death. The people were surprised. Why were they surprised? God makes it very clear that those who follow false teaching, that there are going to be negative consequences. In the church of Thyatira, and we haven't done this yet on Lent, so I just don't want to say too much about it, but it does talk about the fact that there's going to be consequences for those in Thyatira. And the main verse is verse 20 against 
Thyatira. I have this against you that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality. Now, we already have that. For a woman to become a pastor means she already is against the teaching of the Bible because it is clear from the scripture that God has only men to become pastors, just like God has only women to bear children. We, we don't understand the ways of God, but that doesn't mean that we can therefore disagree with him. And there are plenty of women pastors who not only have an immoral lifestyle with other women, but they also permit things to happen of immorality. For instance, in the ELCA church, where they have a woman who's the head of the church, can you believe that? He, she okayed the marriage of two pastors who are male. Two male pastors got married, and she okayed that. Those are the Jezebels of our day. The vast majority of women that I deal with in the congregations I've attended are tremendous. They're very helpful to me as a pastor. They do many things, and their love for Jesus Christ is very obvious. In fact, they love hearing law and gospel, and they love to follow those things. But how many times does the pastor get involved in trying to help those who have fallen away from God? And when they fall away from God, there are all kinds of negative consequences. And those negative consequences are built in to what people have done. In fact, in Thyatira, the Lord says that because of the great sufferings and persecution from pagans that they have experienced, that God is not going to add more to their burden. And so there are times when God holds back on putting people in a position where they are aware, I need to repent of this. Uh, remember the Sunday school lesson where it talked about that the people of Israel in the wilderness really were angry with God because they weren't getting enough food, they thought. Manna wasn't enough. Uh, they did get water. They did get birds, but they still thought that it was better back in Egypt. So what happened? God sent poisonous snakes into their midst, and they began to bite the people, and the people died. Well, this woke the people up real quick. You see, negative consequences are done by God, not in a sense to punish us, to get even with us, or God taking revenge, but to wake us up to the fact that the lifestyles that we are living are inappropriate. And God never sends more to us than we are able to handle. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation comes to us. That is not common to man. And he also, often also provides a way of escape. So the point we wanna make is as the country falls into more and more of sinful patterns. The violence is going to occur. The prisons are going to get 
even more people in it because the law alone doesn't stop people from breaking it. The example I would give is right now, because you hardly ever see a policeman pulling over somebody going over the speed limit. Many people are going way over the speed limit. When I drive on Highway 270, I mentioned this before, I don't pass anybody. I'm going the speed limit and everybody is passing me. Now, there are signs there, law signs, speed limit, 55, 40, 70 even, and people go whipping by. So the signs alone, the law alone doesn't do anything. But I'll tell you, not many years ago, there were certain areas in St. Louis where the police were pulling over people who were breaking the law, the speed limit. But the government said they were making too much money on that, and, and therefore they had to stop. Can you imagine that? They had to stop putting people under the law. And that, of course, led to more speeding, more accidents. And that's because the law isn't doing its work. It's not enough for the law to explain that you ought not be doing certain things, but people need to be taken into account for when they break the law. And when you give shorter prison sentences, allowing them to come out earlier, you're really going to have a problem. Okay, so that's the point I wanted to make about how we can get across to many young people why they're having problems in their life. In fact, the worst thing that God can do to a person, as he did at Sodom and Gomorrah, is take away the negative consequences of their sin, where they now thought once, once what they thought were wrong, they now think is right and vice versa. All right, on to an email. After going through a number of classes, I have finally entered the kingdom of God. My old Adam can learn theology, even a little Greek and Hebrew, but the old Adam cannot and will not come to Christ for salvation. He will, be, he will hide behind his little knowledge. I have listened to a number of your programs, as well as reading the Hammer of God by Bo Geertz. And, and by the way, I do recommend that's a very good book. I could not understand the book without your law and gospel program. And I could not understand your program without the book. I was mixing law and gospel and had neither. Something has shifted inside of me and centered itself on Jesus only. I now think of Jesus and other people instead of only myself all the time. I know that I am a new creation. Jesus' blood and righteousness was truly for me. I am headed to join the Lutheran Church and leave the others behind forever. Words cannot express my gratitude to you, and then it's signed. See, that's what KFUO is all about, is to giving you insight into the true ways of God. 
And here's a person who might have even known the scriptures. It's not unusual to know the scriptures. In fact, there were Jewish scribes who had him memorized. They can tell you what the middle word was of the Old Testament. They could tell you how many words were there. They, they knew the scriptures. But when Jesus came, they denied him because they didn't see him as Jesus alone. The best example of that change that occurred that this email writer is emailing me about are the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Remember, they were totally confused. They knew Jesus had been crucified. They heard rumors that he had risen from the dead, but that was no understanding at all until he began to talk to them. And basically, he was sharing with them the law and gospel from the Old Testament. The law where Adam and Eve fell into sin and the gospel promise in Genesis 3.15 that God, through Eve, would send a Savior. In fact, they believed that. Eve believed it so much that when Cain was born, take a look at chapter 4, verse 1, she believed him to be the promised Messiah. And throughout the Old Testament, it is clear that people are saved not by doing works, but by believing promises. It's not that works did not occur. It's just that proper works in God's sight occurred after they came to faith. Faith alone saved. And those promises were what saved people. That's what law and gospel is all about. And that's kind of a steady diet of that if you listen to the programs on KFUO. Because I was told, or I thought, that there were no other radio stations that were fully pro-life. I got a letter from a lady in Texas. Well, she actually sent a voicemail to me indicating that there was a radio station in Texas that was totally pro-life. And then I got another email that here in Missouri, the bot radio stations are pro-life. I should have known that because I was one on one of them, but I do recall having a conversation on there about whether or not it was okay to have an abortion due to rape or other problems. And so there's no doubt that there's not a complete pro-life. I, I, I've never heard anybody on KFUO okay abortion in those kinds of situations. So it's possible those radio stations have changed and now they're totally pro-life. But what was so amazing is that the political people in Missouri has now made Missouri a state where there are no more abortions. Planned Parenthood no longer is doing abortions because the new law is that after eight months, it's illegal to do an abortion. Now, that's because doctors are revealing that, well, children can feel pain, 
and there are other reasons there. So what has happened to Planned Parenthood? Well, they moved their facility over to Illinois, uh, near East St. Louis. And so therefore, there are women who can go there. But the fact that KFUO has been a rousing signal uh, throughout its time, and I've been with them 24 years and never been criticized for pro-life statements, shows that the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, uh, particularly under President Harrison, is the church that you should be looking for because test us out, listen to the sermons, attend the Bible classes, talk to the pastor, and hopefully you will have what I believe over 400 people have done in just listening to Law and Gospel for 24 years where this individual said, I'm headed to join the Lutheran Church and leave the others behind forever. That's the goal of KFUO. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. That's Open Mic Friday. And we'll continue looking at the distinctions of law and gospel on Monday's broadcast when we'll be taking a look at one of the readings for the following Sunday. And remember, you lose an hour on Sunday. So hopefully you'll be up in time for church. Until Monday then, I'm Tom Baker. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.